Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. I don't know if you're ready this morning. I looked around, this looks like a Presbyterian church. You got the wrong guy if you're a Presbyterian. I was talking to Hope about this last night, right when I was getting ready for the podcast. Hope had on some, I don't know what it was, or maybe it was last night after the podcast, I can't remember, but Hope had been watching Mike Rowe on CTN because he was on doing an interview on the Dirty Jobs guy. And uh, she was just watching it, and then she thought it was still going on, and it just switched to a, to a uh, church. And I'm like, if anybody walked into our church after attending that church, it's no wonder we have empty purple chairs. If that's what people are used to, and you know what it is, is what they're used to is no Bible. What they're used to is no Holy Spirit. What they're used to is their own lordship. We're continuing on today with deep obedience. It's all part of the next level series, but today we're continuing on with deep obedience. And one of the things that we're gonna talk about today is strongholds. They're quiet in here. Most people think of strongholds as ominous. I'm strong held. No, strongholds are camouflage comfort. The very thing that comforts you is strongholding you. Unless it's the comforter himself. We'll get into that. There are levels. There are levels. 2 Timothy chapter 2 24 through 26. There are actually levels in Christianity. You can be one place that's lower than another. You can be one place that's higher than another. There are levels in Christianity. Man, it is quiet in here. It's going to be a rough service for you today. <laughs> 2 Timothy 2, 24 through 26. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient. In humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses, having been, listen to this now, that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Now, who was this written to? That they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil having been taken captive by him to do his will. So there are Christians who are taken captive by the devil and they need to come to their senses so that they can do the will of God. Now the question is, is that me? If you're just amening it, understand that the conviction of the Holy Ghost won't touch you this morning. You have to want the Holy Ghost. Not to escape out the big brown doors. You have, you have to actually want his correction. 
Why? To, to just be habitually corrected? And a bit? No, it's correction to take action. You're supposed to be and I'm supposed to be winning souls, raising the dead, giving sight to the blind, giving provision to the poor, feeding the hungry, hungry paying rents. One-sixth of, Amer- one of all Americans last month could not pay their utilities. Did you know that? One-sixth of 390 million people. I don't go by the 330. That's 2006. That's all a lie. It's, three, it's 390 to 450 million people live here in America, just so you know. I mean, Joe Biden's let in 5 million so far just since he's been in office that we know about. That's how many people. So one-sixth, you, do you know what's coming? $31 trillion in debt. But you see, you and I are not part of that economy unless you want to be, unless you are unwilling to be corrected out of it. You have to be willing to be corrected out of the, out of the world system in all ways and, correct, and corrected into the kingdom of God. You have to be willing This is not an inoculating church. I am not an anesthesiologist. I'm a preacher. I'm not here to sedate you. I'm here to provoke you unto love and to good works. That's what it's all about. I know people aren't used to it. I'm already seeing the faces. I can spot you if you're new. I, know, I want you to know, I love you more than the sedator, than the anesthesiologist. They may come to their senses. Well, what do you mean, Thomas? Christians need to come to their senses. Have you not seen the Christian church over the last 30 months of 15 days to flatten the curve? As soon as we hit October, it's 30 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. You're not seeing how the church is behaving? Who in the church has come out and said those vaunted three words, I was wrong? I've only heard two, two figures, not even, not, not even Christian uh, ministers, not heads of, of large ministries, just two big names. Chip Roy, congressman out of Texas, and Dan Bongino of the Dan Bongino podcast. Dan Bongino came out and said, you know what, the worst thing I've ever done, the biggest mistake I ever made in my life was taking the vaccine. Boom, you're good. I sent him an email. I want to pray for you. I'll leash that thing out of your body. You will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I'll go leash it out of your body. Here am I. Send me. Where's, all the, where's everybody else? You strap on the 2022 swastika on your face for 30 months of 15 days to flatten the curve, and you never come out and say I was wrong? Come to your senses. And some of us, were very, you know, people, people have, you know, I, I make people leave for all sorts of reasons. There's people that have been at this church, and if you're watching right now, the reason why you're watching is there's nothing else going. (laughs) Foundation Church is Ric Flair. You may not like it, but you better learn to love it because there's nothing else going today. Stop, there's nowhere else to go. There's people that sat in this church 
for 27 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. And the very moment I laid hands on people and people started to go out in the spirit, they left. First of all, whose ministry do you think I'm sitting under? You don't think we're gonna lay hands on people in here? Oh, oh, that's, oh that's not for today? We're, what Bible verses? it's not for today? Tongues will cease and prophecy will cease under 1 Corinthians 13 where it speaks about love and it's just comparing love to those things? And somehow you, you glean a few, like five or six words out of the Bible and predicate your entire theology upon it? Yeah. I'm scooting this podium this way a little bit because it appears that if I go this way, the mic goes out. I'm gonna throw this thing against the wall. Okay, we'll just go old school. I'll just put up speakers up here. I'm so sick of going out. Oh my gosh. So sick of Wi-Fi. Sick of it all. Gosh, dog, freaking work or don't. Sick of it. Oh my gosh. But I'm just like with people. You leave because we lay hands on people. You will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. What, what, are you, what Bible are you reading? Well, I don't believe in people going out under the power. Really? What happened with Paul? He's just the greatest soul winner of all time who, thought, who God thought it was apropos to knock him off his horse onto the ground. I don't really see the purpose. That's not for you. His thoughts, his ways are above yours. You're not gonna find anything else. Good luck. You, this, listen, there's people that are in this church. That's dogged. Maybe I just stand right here. The work here. Ah, dog. I moved it to my back. I moved it to my front. I'm gonna just clip it on my nose next black thing, I'll just clip it to my nose. I don't care what it is. That ain't gonna... I know, this thing ain't gonna work either, though. Check, it's not, it's not cued to my voice, it's gonna be a mess. Check, one, two. Man. I just always want things to work, period. And I hate holding this thing now. Once you get spoiled, you're not used to holding this thing anymore. Plus, it makes me get an armpit sweat right in the elbow of my, in my, elbow, my elbow pit. I get elbow pit sweat. But you see those people who, who leave like that. You're like, Tom, you sound like you're butt hurt. I'm not butt hurt. I'm not. I'm used. To, you don't think I'm used to. You don't. You don't think that I'm not used to people leaving after how I preach. Which, by the way, how I preach is simply read Bible verses to people. That's it. And they're leaving for those reasons. If you leave for things like that, you leave because um, you know what? I just can't stand this person who runs this department at the church. I don't really like the way they treat me. You're strong held. 
You need to escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Where do we get deep into that later? Luke 8, 11 through 15, the parable of the sower. You don't think there's levels of Christianity? Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy. When they, have, when, when they receive the word with joy, here, I'm messing up the verse, where is it? Those on, the, those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, fall away. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. Listen, what has gotten in the way of your ministry? You're strong held. You need to come to your senses. Been taken captive by the devil to do his will. Am I saying you're going to hell? There's nothing better for the devil than a bunch of Christians who do nothing. There's nothing better for the devil than a bunch of compliant Christians who strap masks on their face and pimp and whore vaccines. Nothing better because that makes you indistinguishable from the world and nobody even knows that you're saved. It's perfect. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, when they have heard, when they have heard, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. There's levels of Christianity. The first, the devil just comes and takes it away. Those are people who come up and even get saved. And they go out the door, and then she comes, and then he comes, or the job offer from this place. Listen, if you found your church, this sounds self-serving, but it's not. You just have to trust me, I guess. If you found your church, when that job offer comes, you should tell them no. There's a reason why that job offer comes, but it's so much more money. Do you know how many people I know that have made that mistake? You know how many people, they come up to me all the time outside, and if it's, if it's you, just don't be offended. See, that's deep theological advice right there. Here's the answer, don't be offended. They come up to me all the time. Literally, it's a couple times a month. They come up and they say, you know what? We think we found somebody like you. I'm like, I'm like, no, you didn't. And the reason why I say that is that, again, that sounds, it sounds self-aggrandizing. But what I'm talking about are people who legitimately don't care. You're like, you don't care about people. I care more about people than the people who care about people. The people who espouse that can be, and they will actually obfuscate truth because they care about you so much, withhold truth because they care about you so much, don't want to hurt you, don't want to dare say to you that you need to escape the stare of the devil having been ca taken captive by him to do his will. They wouldn't dare say that. This is the Bible. Why would you not dare say that? They say it all the time. So I, I, sometimes I do, sometimes, sometimes I just do, if I'm just, you know, not in the mood, I'll just be like, oh, great, you know, good deal, awesome. It's either me or Foundation Church. We found a church just like this one. And then they come up to me a month later, yeah, it didn't really pan out. 
They move away, but they keep coming back here. You should have never moved. I don't care if that's where the horse ranch is. I don't care if that's where the mountain stream is. That little gobble, 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 gobble in the middle of the night of your mouth, look at the mountain stream. That will get old. Oh, I hear the babbling brook because it just eases me off to a deep sleep every night. Who cares? What about all the souls? What about the cancer? What about the vaccinated? What about the lost? But I got my babbling brook. Stay where your church is at. It's more important. You never miss your job. This is the truth. I know most people, listen, most people won't receive it. But when I get into the depths of this message today, I'm going to give you a warning. Because most people will not go where I'm telling you you need to go. Most people will not go. Ephesians 4.14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Don't believe that there are levels of Christianity. There are people that are carried away with every wind of doctrine. I could propose a conspiracy theory this morning and you would follow it. I believe that toes are rocks. Oh, that sounds interesting. You get, you, anything, anything throws you, they, they tell you the earth is flat. Oh, I'm going to go there. What are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you, why are you looking at whether the earth is flat or not? Why are you not memorizing scripture? How do you look up in the sky and see a spherical moon and believe that the earth is flat? Oh, there's so many people in on it. Really? All the Russians, all the Chinese, all the Americans, all the Indians, all the Pakistanis, everybody who's ever flown and orbited the earth are all in on it. We couldn't, keep, there's, I don't know, there's probably 600 people in this room, something like that. We couldn't keep a secret in this room. I said we, not you. I said we. But yet all these countries and all these governments and all these governmental agencies and their various forms of NASA have kept it and all these Christians follow this? You're, you're carried about with every wind of doctrine. You're a child. One preacher, oh, people come up, people come up to us all the time. Have you heard of so-and-so? I guess. I don't care. But he, I don't care about he, she. Care about the word of God and the voice of the Holy Spirit. Is that not, I'm not, I'm not belittling the usage of people by the Holy Ghost. He always uses a vessel. But you have to focus on the user, not the usee. You focus on the personhood of Christ who has chosen a vessel, not the vessel. Why do people choose the vessel? Because it's easier. Because it tickles the carnal nature. It's just flat out easier. It's easier to fix your eyes on that which is seen. 
So 2 Corinthians 4.18, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. That's why churches close when the man of God retires. And his son does it. He's not even called. Does it? Just because your dad's called doesn't mean you're called. Because everybody's focused on the man and not the spirit. So why did Tom, why do you quote all these Bible verses? Here's answer number one. What else would a Christian do and what else is a Christian supposed to do? John 1, 1, John 1, 14, 1 John 5, 7, Jesus is the word. What are we talking about? Who is the Jesus we're talking about outside the Bible? A demon. That's a fact. Satan himself transforms himself into a 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. What's the 15th? What's, what's 2 Corinthians 11, 11, 15? Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. So you have ministers right now today. Basically, every church but this one in this area is preaching a gospel that is not the Bible so that they can coagulate humanity. They want to be able to say, I am growing. It's not what the word of God says. The word of God does not say grow a church. What does it say? Preach the word. You talk about being butthurt. A lot of pastors are so, they're strong held. They're so scared of being hurt that they won't preach the word. They'll do anything to keep you. See, I'll do anything to provoke you. Anything to provoke you unto love and to good works. The very purpose of the assembling of the brethren. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, urging one another. All the more until the day, as the day approaches. Answer number two, why do I always use all these Bible verses? Because there's more to Christianity than faith communities. Uh, we have a faith community here. We're also a member of the Chamber of Commerce and uh, our local governmental authorities. And that's why we do whatever they say. They say bend over, we say how wide. Um, <laughs> We're merged together with our community. As a faith community, we're merged together with our general community. <laughs> See, you go to that church because you're scared of a real church. Yeah. Or you go to that church because there is no other church. Or you go to that church because you don't want to drive to a real church. Yeah. Yeah. You got Jeff up here in the front row. Way better, everybody, Jeff, so they know that you're real. <laughs> he reminds me of when he tried not to come to this church. Not because he was afraid of anything, but because it was just so convenient because there was an, an, evan, an evangelical church that masked, that closed, that locked down. But anyway, this is, they, this is long before any of that happened. But it was right across the street from where he lived. They could walk across the street. And we were 35, 40 minutes away. But when he, he actually said, whenever I went into that church, I actually felt like somebody robbed me. Not financially. 
He felt like something was taken out of me, not something put into me. So he was forced by the Holy Ghost, you're going to drive. I've told you this a million times over the last 30 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. Why do you keep saying that over and over again? Because I, listen, I said this on the podcast last night, it's reverse gaslighting. Because it's the truth. It's the, it's the, it's the uh, exact opposite of propagandizing. I'm telling you the truth. 30 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. There's just more. There's more to Christianity than faith communities and not doing life alone and watered down messages. There's more to, and more than that more is the word of God and the voice of the spirit and the voice of the spirit is the word of God. Ephesians 6, 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's Christianity. Everything else is demonic. It's a fraud. It's the spirit of this world. That's why, that's why the, the church so easily caved because the spirit that they followed was the spirit of the world, the prince of the power of the air. So when his commands came, they said, yes, sir. You're supposed to be the Second Thessalonians 3 through 8 restraining there is no 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 3 through 8, complying. We are the restraining. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way, raptured. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. That's 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 3 through 8. I skip verse six. Verse six is just, remember, I told you these things. You can't be both. And I'm talking about in all areas. I'm not just talking about COVID. You better, be, you better have your nose in place with COVID. Nose are every bit as important as yeses. Yeses are every bit as important as noes. Our yeses are, we want you healed. We want you well. We want you saved. We want you prosperous. Our no's are, I will never close. I will never mask. I will never give you my firearms. I will never vax. I will never receive a vaccine passport. That's what you do, and that's what should have been done from day one. And be, most churches still believe it's an attribute. They strap masks on and lock themselves down. And we just wanted to show the world our compassion. No, you showed your world, the world your abject compliance. 
That doesn't, I can tell it doesn't sit well with some people in this room. I love you. I hope you stick around. It's for your own good that you do. You got to give this church three months or it ain't going to work for you. You, gotta, you just got you to bear it. You just got to keep coming. You just do. Now, listen, I'm not going to come up there and tap you on the head and go, how's it going? Are you doing all right? That's not good for you. You need a good swat in the rear end. That's, you need that provocation. Revelation chapter 2, 4 and 5. Levels of Christianity. Nevertheless, I have this against you. That you have left your first love. Levels of Christianity. There's people who are in their first love, and there are people who have left their first love, and there are people who right now are leaving their first love. Levels of Christianity. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you swiftly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. I will remove your platform. Talk to world travelers right now. Rodney R. Brown, Jonathan Shuttlesworth. Why are those the only two that you mentioned? Because they're the only two that didn't close. What about this person? I don't care. If they come out and say, I was wrong, I'm all in. You look, at, you look at Luke chapter 17, verse three. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. I have no interest in people who aren't repenting. None. You're nothing more than the FBI. You're just covering things up. You're just pretending. I know you're anti-Biden, and now you're anti-COVID, but if there was an actual societal, political consequence to you, you'd go right back, because that's who you are, because you refuse to repent, and you crucify the prophets. That's the truth. How dare they? I don't understand how they could stay open. You know, we're talking about people's lives here. Oh, really? We are talking about people's lives. Exactly. The Holocaust that's going on right now because you pimped and hoard vaccinations? Wait do you, you see how that plays out in comparison to COVID? A 99.9% survival virus. See how that turns out. Tom, I can't believe you say these things from the pulpit. What? Listen. Death and destruction lie open before the Lord. Why would we not talk about it here? That's Proverbs 15, 11. How much more the hearts of men. What's the verse before it? Stern discipline awaits him who leaves the path. He who hates correction will die. Whoops! You go to a church that never corrects you? Never challenges you? Never provokes you? And those of you who are watching because you won't come here in person anymore because somebody has butthurt your feelings? Yeah, I'm stuck on butthurt this morning. I got a good response from it early in the week, so I figured I'd ride that pony at least to the end of the week. <laughs> Leave them wanting more. See, this is serious business. This isn't light and airy. 
I'm not listening. You, you know what? This, this is the conflation of things. What people think is light and airy is avoiding hard truths. You should be light and airy in dealing with hard truths. It's no big deal. Tom, you're chubby. I know. My day's ruined? No, I already knew I was chubby. Thank you for pointing it out. The joy of the Lord is your strength. That doesn't mean the absence of correction. You, re, you just live in that joy in the midst of correction. It's true anyway. Well, that really hurt me. Is it true? Then why does it hurt you? You already knew it was true. I know what I ate this week. I know why I'm chubby. I got it down. You don't eat the way that I eat and have a 32-inch waist. You eat the way that I eat, and you have a 40-inch waist. These are 40s. I would like to be a 32. I have not accomplished it. I've lost the same 40 pounds 40 times. Seriously. That's the truth, though. I can be light and airy in that. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart at the continual feast. Proverbs 15, 15. You walk around and see people feel like they have to choose one or the other. I either have to deal in the truth and be afflicted. Oh, I'm so worthless. Who told you that? Oh, you know, that pastor from Foundation Church, he just brings down that condemnation. When did I tell you that you were useless? When did, when did I tell you that you are to be condemned? When did, you know, what does condemnation mean? To be torn down, like condemn a building. When did I tell you that you were beyond usefulness? That's condemnation. Nobody told you that. It's the exact opposite to try to provoke you into being useful. We're gonna, we have to have warriors of God in this time. You will have to risk your job potentially. Well, you know, I got my family. Okay, so you're gonna choose the world system. You'll take the mark. You will eventually take the mark. This is a radical faith. People die for this faith every day. And Americans couldn't, American Christians couldn't even say, I won't put a mask on. You'll take the mark. Most Christians will. I know nobody will say that, but that's what the Bible says. That's what Jesus himself said. The love of most will grow cold, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. This is serious business. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, back in Revelation chapter 2, 4, and 5, remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. Now, I even hesitate to pray that because most people have gotten saved into a church that doesn't require any first works. What were my first works? When I got saved at Venice Assembly of God in 1987 under Pastor Myrus B. McNabb, when I got saved, what were my first works? Man, I never missed church. If it was open on a Tuesday at 11.30 at night, I was there. A lot of you struggle to get here once a week at 10 a.m. Strolling in here at 10.48. 
You ain't done nothing all week. That's the devil's got you. Your carnality has got you. You are strong held. You may not think, oh, it's just, you know, it's just, it's just church. You know, they, see, that's why you never win the lost. Because you don't get how serious it is. It's not serious in the Hollywood sense of ominous music. It's serious in the midst of the joy of the Lord. You can have both. He's the God of both. Some of you are getting it. Some of you aren't. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. Why did you do the first works? Because you felt it. It was carnal. So new. See, there's, you know, everybody thinks that once you got some wrinkles on or you get gray hair or whatever it is that you're mature. You're not. Will this make you feel better? We're not. We are not. I love when people give me preaching fodder. I was walking this morning with my dog. And I wasn't, uh, he's off leash. He's a Malinois. He's a little scary looking. Sweet as can be, but he's very scary looking. And this woman who I see every Sunday knows him, knows he's harmless. I estimate her age about 65. She's out, she rides her bike every Sunday at the exact same time that I go walking. So we have seen each other this year. What are we in? We're, the, what, we're September, what, 25th today? So we're about 10 months into the year. So how many weeks is that? I don't know, 40 weeks, something like that. So 40 times this year, at least she's seen the dog. And so today I'm walking, and next thing I hear is, eek, 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 a dog, a dog. Because she's talking, and another one of my pet peeves, don't let me forget about the dog if I get off on another pet peeve trail, is, is earbuds. I hate them. Look at me, look at me. I hate them. I hate you if you wear them. I'm just kidding. Nobody knows what the heck is going on anymore. Not only they, they have you staring at screens, so they've got you blind, and now they're gonna make you deaf. A bunch of drones. A bunch of automatons. What do you call the, you guys might know, video game, I'm asking Talia, she's the only young person. No, the, yeah, what is MP something in video games? Something or another, the non-playable characters, NPCs? NPCs, that's what, Amer that's what Americans are. You know, the NPCs in video games, the, the strange little figures that are while you're shooting the other people, they're, the one, they're like the, the strange citizen that's walking by. Just walk, that's what, that's what we are. So she's got those things jammed in her ears and she's talking on the phone. I hate that too because I think people are talking to me. They walk by and I'm like, are you engaging me? Are you engaging me? Are you engaging me? I guess not. Hope wears them, and I have to go to Hope all the time. I go, are you talking to me right now? I have to, have, I didn't use that. Anything that I have to do now that I didn't have to do then, I hate. I hate. I didn't have to ask you that question five years ago. Now I have to, are you talking to me? 
because I can't tell. So the dog just walks towards her on her bike. She's freaking out on the phone. The dog's coming near me, and I'm terrified of dogs. She's screaming this morning, one hour ago. No, two hours ago. Two hours ago. And I'm like, lady. I didn't say nothing. I was just like, come here, bud. He comes over. <laughs> Completely harmless. He didn't, even talk, he didn't do, get in her path or anything. He's just walking towards her. And I just wanted to pull her aside. Put my hands on her face and go, you're 68 years old. You've seen this dog 40 times. He's never touched you. You know what your problem is? Is you are strong, you are a strong-held drama queen. You love to make an impression. You're 68 and you're still strong-held. Now look at me. That's everybody in this room, including me, to some degree. What that degree is, I don't know. You have to, you have to Philippians 2.12 it and work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. By the way, that's with fear and trembling. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Don't be afraid to work a nerve. That's James 4.9, by the way. It's all Bible, 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 and on top of Bible, more Bible. Because that's Jesus. We're a Christian church. Serious business. Hebrews chapter 5, 12 through 14 is entitled Warning Against Falling Away. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 is entitled The Peril of Not Progressing. There are levels to Christianity. It's a big deal. When you have a, when you have a section of Scripture titled Warning Against Falling Away, where it actually says, in fact, though, by this time you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Back to your first love. The reason why you had a first love experience is because you never varied. You never looked to your right. You never looked to your left. It was all Jesus because it was new. It's like when you're dating your current wife who you never talk to anymore, but man, when you were dating her and she was 40 pounds lighter and you were 64 pounds lighter and you're like, you know what, you are all in. That's first love. Well, Tommy, you can't, you can't manufacture first love feelings because he didn't say get your feelings back. He said do the first works. And guess what will happen if you do the first works in any situation? Feelings come back. Better ones, deeper ones. Yeah, we've been through so much. Doesn't stop with all of the Dr. Phil, Oprah minutia. Just knock it off. They are nothing more than dung beetles. Seriously, they are nothing more than dung beetles who coagulate feces and roll it around and present it as if it's a great gift. And by the way, that's most churches too. You're like, Tom, you're not gonna get any invites to go preach. I don't care. And by the way, I do get invites. I just hate to travel. I'm a homebody. James chapter one, verse 22. You wanna blow up your life? Listen to the word and don't do it. 
Tom, you'll empty your church out saying things like that. doesn't matter. You preach the word. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. So is it a dangerous thing for, for you to come hear me every week tell you to do A and never do A? Yep. Yep. It's dangerous. You're launching yourself into deception because it becomes innocuous to you. The word which is quick, powerful, and sharper than any. You dull it up. You make it a butter knife. Most of you have butter knifed the Holy Spirit too because he's told you step one. You're on step one in year 10. I'll get into that. Hebrews chapter six, verse one. Levels in Christianity, serious business, titled The Peril of Not Progressing. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Not laying again the foundation of, of, of foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. There are levels. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ. How many years has it been that you've told that you've had the exact same testimony? Man, I remember back in the day when I was on drugs. It should be at 24 years in, I remember when I gave sight to the blind. I've won 2,700 people to the Lord. I told Pastor Daniel this on the phone earlier this week or late last week. The, that's our the missionary that we sponsored in Africa. In that, in that one crusade, and they're having another one in November, in that one crusade, he won 98,000 people to the Lord. I appreciate your clapping, but hold on, because that's what we do in the American church. And I said we, not you. You know. Fantastic, it's fantastic. But what I did, I said to him, I said, you know what? You don't need to ask my advice about anything. Because if I, I don't know how many people I've won. I said 1,200. I'm 54 years old. He's 23. He's up close to half a million souls, if not more. And like, is this some sort of competition? Why not? Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize run in such a way that you may obtain it? Whoops! All of that, all of that lukewarm, watered-down preaching contradicts 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. So Jonathan Shuttlesworth sends me a message. My church is going to be bigger than your church. I'm like, bring it on. Everybody that's antithetical to the Bible, show me the Bible verse. If you're competing to win souls, what better competition could it be? Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Don't keep talking about the old things. You should be, you should be accumulating new experiences. And let me, some of the, this is, I, I'm speaking Latin to you right now, Portuguese to you. You're like, what are you talking about? Because listen, this is what you've been taught. Is that Christianity is an accent upon your lordship. You call the shots. You fill your calendar. It's not the way it's supposed to be. 
I gotta keep, I gotta keep going because I gotta show you why it isn't that. I could, I could stay on that for an hour. It's a dangerous thing to not progress. Do not, look at, what does do not mean? Do not. Do not merely listen to the word. If you hear, if you hear 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 22, rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Let's go number one. Rejoice evermore. You hear it over and over again and you don't. Rejoice evermore. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Pray without ceasing and you don't. Pray without ceasing. You're launching yourself into deception. What we do is, oh, rejoice evermore. Golf clap, golf clap. You're supposed to do it. Tom, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've been through. There's people in here who have, who have seen more death and destruction than I have, but not many. Not many. You can go over, Travis isn't Travis right here. He's talking about somebody who's fighting overseas in a, in a war. I'm not talking about some of the modern military ideologies of war, which is just droning innocent families, you know, to make up for your galactic screw-ups. I'm talking about real warriors who've seen death, destruction, and their friends die. Seen their friends' heads blown off. Those people have seen more than I have. He's overcome. I should just have Travis preach. I should just sit down and have him preach the rest of the message. If he could overcome it, you would never know unless you asked him. Travis, what have you seen in your life? He's like my dad. My dad was a, a two-time Purple Heart Award winner and Bronze Star winner from the Vietnam War. He never said anything about it. He never knew that he was. My dad was just a champion napper. He could nap at any time. Fantastic sleeper. He was a fantastic dad. He was a fantastic father. Really was. Great dad. But you never know. He didn't talk about Vietnam until probably three, four years before he died. He finally started to open up about it. I'd get him to talk about it. He never talked about it. A word about it. This guy won a bronze star for rescuing civilians. Under enemy fire. This is a man. Everybody ever seen the movie Apocalypse Now? He, was, he commanded those boats in Vietnam. That's what he did. He's sitting on one of those boats, and this is a guy who, a guy was underneath the water, just like the movies, breathing out of a reed, a Viet Cong soldier, jumped up out of the water. My dad shot him, captured him, and then the, the South Vietnamese army tortured the guy to death. How do you overcome that? You overcome it! How do you overcome 25 years of law enforcement? Do you know what I've seen? Do you know what I've seen? You overcome it. Don't tell me, don't tell me. I'll go back to it again. I told you, just go to the wall. Don't tell me about the butt hurt. I pull into the Mayaka State Park. Some of you heard the story, some of you haven't. I pull in there, and I had a place where I parked every day. And like I said, with earbuds, I don't like when things change. So I would go, I'd go in there, and there's a guy parking in my spot. <laughs> so I'm, you know, I'm like, what the heck? 
It's just the middle of nowhere. I'm like, why is somebody back here? Because I park in there, get out, get my gun belt off, walk around, loosen up, do paperwork, all those things. Of course, eat. <laughs> Sip on my Slurpee, my sipping soda, whatever. So, it's my own term, sipping soda. Hope knows it real well. Hey, Hope, I need a sipping soda. Thank you. <laughs> it's just for the ride. So I pull in there, and there's a guy parking in my spot, and I'm like, what's going on? So I look over, and he's like this. And I'm like, okay. He says, people go back there and sleep. They did. I'd seen it before. Workers, you know, people that are out working, take the lunch hour, go back in the middle of nowhere and sleep. So I'm like, oh, well, I'll just go ahead and take off. He's got my spot. Nothing much I can do. So I'm about to leave, but I'm like, you know, I ought to check on him. So I honk. I'm in the police car, fully marked police car. He doesn't move. So I honk again, doesn't move. Then I use the, the siren horn, the big bonk. Hit that, doesn't move. Siren, doesn't move. So I'm like, I better check. So I got out, and about he had just blown his head off. Just had blown his head off. I mean, right before I got there. Blew his head off. And I'm looking at the camera right now, and you don't come to church because you're offended? You're a little tiny baby. You're a little tiny baby who's been taken captive by the devil to do his work. You need to come to your senses. I could sit at home and put my thumb in my mouth for the rest of my life over that. No. The sad thing about it is once you, that was probably my, that was in my 25th year of law enforcement. That was my last birth, that was on my, on my birthday. At the sheriff's, my last birthday at the sheriff's office, 2016. And you just, you know what? When you're in there that long, my heart rate never went up. You think, you'd be, oh my gosh. And I just got on the radio, called it in, and handled the call. But people don't come to church because oh, you're laying hands on people. You're becoming too much like Rodney Howard Brown. How am I like Rodney Howard Brown? Do you ever watch the message? Do you ever watch the river? How am I like Rodney Howard Brown? You obviously never go there and never watch. I've been to hundreds of services at the river. You obviously never go there. When we are done today, now they started at 9.30. When we are done today, they will not, they'll still be in service at 1.30. We will be done at 12.20. So how am I like Rodney Howard Brown? Do I just walk around in dead silence like he does? Have I changed my accent into a South African accent? <laughs> it's just your excuse to stay strong held. Because strong, what being strong held is, is camouflage comfort. Or you go the other way. Comfort is a camouflage stronghold. You're uncomfortable with people falling out in the spirit. You know why? Because you really want to fall out in the spirit. You're like, I'd really like that to happen to me. Well, get up here. Well, it might not happen. Okay, so what? What if it doesn't? Who cares? I'm not going to push you over. <laughs> Who cares if it doesn't happen? I don't, I don't sit there and, oh, God, you didn't fall over. All right, we're staying here until you do. <laughs> and just out of hunger and thirst, you finally fall out. Well, we accomplished it. It only took us a week. 
Finally passed out from dehydration, but he still went out. It's a dangerous thing to not progress, to ignore the correction of God. Has anybody told you today in this church that you're going to hell yet? Then why are you offended? If you're living in sin, by the way, you're going to hell. I don't care what John Calvin says. I don't care what the Baptist church says. I care what the Bible says. If you deliberately keep on sinning after you have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Hebrews 10, 26 and 27. If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are again entangled in it and overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to own the way of righteousness than to have known it and then to turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Of them, the Proverbs are true. A dog returns to its vomit, and a sow that is washed returns to her wallowing in the mud. 2 Peter 2, 20 through 22. That's the Bible. It doesn't matter what John Calvin says or a Baptist church says. It doesn't matter. What matters is what the Word of God says. That's it. Notice a couple people got up and left. They do that because they can't, they refuse. They would rather have comfort then legitimate correction. They would never let the word of God violate their theology. They are strong-held and useless. Their own kids don't get saved. Their coworkers don't get saved. Nobody gets healed. But they're strong Calvinists. They'll weep. They will weep. Revelation chapter 21, verse 5. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. They will weep when they see what they should have done in comparison to what they did. There's no souls to win, no infirmity to heal in heaven. You see how nice I am? I didn't say those people were going to hell because they don't agree with me. They're stupid and wrong. What's stupid? Stupid is being presented with a fact and saying I choose not to believe it. 25,000 extra cancer deaths suddenly in America. I didn't say cancer cases, which are through the roof. Cancer deaths than there was in 2020. Why would that be? So you're presented with a fact and you still go get your fourth dose. Albert Borla, the CEO of Pfizer, just caught COVID for the second time in 40 days. I have never caught an illness. I, I rarely, if ever, get sick. And I will never get sick again. But I, even in the midst of that, have never been sick twice with the same illness in 40 days. And of course, he does his oath of allegiance to the globalist leftist COVID narrative of I am so thankful. I am four times vaccinated. While he's in the midst of his second infection in 40 days, absolute truth presented to you and you reject it. Well, why would you reject absolute truth? Because it's, it's a threat to something. What is it a threat to? Your portrait, your pride, your narrative, your agenda. If your agenda requires the rejection of truth, what sort of agenda is it? 
Why, why, would, why did they take down the DMED website? That's all, that's, that's all the injuries, sicknesses, illnesses, disease, maladies of the United States military. Why'd they take it down? Why can't we access that anymore? Why, why can't you access the CDC website when it comes to post-vaccination hospitalization and deaths amongst COVID patients? They've all been taken down. Everyone who practices evil hates the light. And then the Christians come up and take the evil people's, evil people's vaccine. It's amazing to me. Why would they do that? Because they're taken captive by the devil. They've walked away from their first love. They don't even know what devil is versus Holy Ghost. They have no idea. It's a dangerous thing to not progress. You end up with a mask on your face, five times vaccinated, your church locked down, and what Jonathan Shuttlesworth and Rodney Brown have both told me, they're going around to churches. I could name names, I can't do it, God won't let me. I want to, but I can't. <laughs> and if I did, I'd get a call from Rodney Brown today. Don't mention names. There's churches with sanctuaries of two, 3,000 people who now have two, 300. There's a church that I know with a church of 15,000 and they now have 1,200. They were masked. They were locked down. They taught their people. Whatever you plant in the ground is coming up. They taught their people not to attend church. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. Why do we have a liar in the White House? If you're a Democrat in here, I don't apologize. And just to make you feel better, just to make you feel better because I'm just a heck of a nice guy, George Bush was a liar. They're all just two heads of the same snake anyway. The reason why we have a liar in the White House and way more than just a liar is because the entire Christian church in America sowed two lies. Be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. If you sow lies into the ground, you will get a harvest of lies. Kamala Harris. Our, our southern border's closed. It's secure. Secure? 4.9 million people have crossed the border in the 20 months of Biden. By the end of this year, of course, it'll be well over 5 million. And those are the ones they know about. Well, Tommy, you should love these people. No, they're lawless. I love them, but they're lawless. I would tell them to their face, stop breaking the law and get back to your country. There are ways to come in here legally. How many people come into America legally every year? One to two million per year legally. It's called chain migration. If you get accepted, like say, I'll just use my own family. So I get accepted. So yeah, I have four people in my family. Tommy, Norma, Hope, and me. If I go in, all four of us go in. And then I could break my mother too, my mother-in-law, Norma, right here. Chain migration. So now there's, now there's five of us. They, it can be as many as 30 for one. Facts. Facts. That's how many we let in every year, one to two million legally, every year. So since 2000, that's 22 million people. Times it by two, 44 million people. Times it by three, now I'm out. I don't know that number. <laughs> Somebody can do it on your phone. And then people, people are like, you, you call me somebody who lacks compassion? The most dangerous border on the planet is our southern border. 
It's more dangerous than Ukraine, Russia, Pakistan, India, Afghanistan, China. More dangerous. The rapes from the people who love people. 107,000 fentanyl deaths last year alone. I can't remember. I saw it. And I should have brought it in here with me. You compare mass shootings with fentanyl deaths and they want to take your guns. Why don't they take away the fentanyl? I believe, I'm trying to remember the number. It's a couple hundred fentanyl deaths per day. In the average mass shooting, you have, it, it, to qualify as a mass shooting, is four people dying. So you think about 400 per day of drug overdose and the same people wanting to take your guns away, you illegal gun owner who never would commit a mass shooting, which is all part of the whole globalist narrative, by the way, is to create rampant crime so they have an excuse to come take your guns away so they can control you, leverage you into a one world commerce system with a singular access point, Revelation 13 and 14. To ignore the correction of God is dangerous. I'm talking about dangerous to your soul. Nobody preaches the Bible. Everyone is like, I want people to feel good when they leave. You should feel good in the midst of correction. You should feel good in the midst of demolition. You should feel good in the midst of edification. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come if they fall away to renew them again to repentance. Since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. For the earth which drinks in the rain, which often comes upon it and bears herbs useful for those by whom it is cultivated, receives blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and briars, it is rejected and near to being cursed. Hebrews 6, 4 through 7. Four through eight, actually. It's a dangerous, that's all part of the, the chapter titled The Peril of Not Progressing. You're in danger of losing your salvation when God tells you take step one and you don't do it. And most of you already know what that first step is. For some of you, it's simply stop rolling your eyes at your wife. Show some respect to your spouse. You won't do it. And you're like, I don't know why I don't have a worldwide ministry because you never took step one. You've got to take 500 steps to get there and you will not take step one. Well, I'm way more interested in step 47. God doesn't care. You will take step one. He's God, you're not. You will do it. You're going nowhere. Trust me, I know. I pastored a church of 150 to 200 people for 16 straight years. Never grew Nothing. And God says, here, you know what? Here's step one. You will go up to the river church. I'm like, God, I'm not going there. I'm scarred. You will sit under that which you have preached against for the last two decades. Sit in there. Jerk. I had that in there. By that time, I was a jerk. And I took the step, will you? My heart, my heart, you know, it, I was talking to Pastor Rodney yesterday. 
He gets really irritated when people don't receive the Holy Ghost. And I just told him, I said, listen, it took me a year. I just sat there. And I'm like, I'm uncomfortable, but I know it's where I'm supposed to be. And for, so that's for a lot of you in this room right now. You're uncomfortable, but this is exactly where you're supposed to be. Now bring your friends and your relatives and make them uncomfortable too. You can all do it together. It's a dangerous thing to ignore progress. Very dangerous. Many of you have relatives like this, maybe spouses. The moment, and listen, I mean the moment you stop praying. You stop studying the word, you stop worshiping, you stop fellowshipping. You're not staying the same, you're getting worse. That day, that minute, that hour, you're getting worse. I have never, listen, despite popular opinion, lots of people still come to me for counsel. I wouldn't if I was you, but people do. And I have never ever counseled somebody struggling that answered in the affirmative, are you praying and studying the word like you should? You, don't need, you won't need a man's counsel then. You get directly from the Holy Ghost. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Jesus Christ. First Timothy 2.5. You wouldn't need me. Not one. Are you praying like you should? Man, we're just really struggling right now. You pray like you should. You study like you should. I notice you miss a lot of church too. You fellowship like you should. A lot of you are like, what does it really mean to fellowship? We're coming in and listening to a chubby guy scream at us for, the night, for an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> Why don't you see for once? Instead of bolting out the door and getting to your car as quick as you possibly can because you're hungry, why don't you go back here where there's free food? Well, someone might not sit with me. Okay, you're 48. Why, are you, why do you still have the mentality of a 12-year-old middle school-age girl? You're a 48-year-old, 240-pound man. I've sat at the river by myself. Nobody, I mean, nobody talked to me for a couple minutes, whatever. I, you know what I did? I sat there. Or you know what I, here's, here's this, you know what I did? Because a lot of times I'm good with it. I'm like, because I'm not really a, <laughs> this sounds bad, I'm not really a people person. <laughs> so I could care less. But if I happen to want the fellowship, guess what I do? I go up and talk to them. I assume, I just make the assumption, Everybody wants me around. I'm just make that assumption. I always assume people are happy to see me. Seriously. A lot of you are so, are so caught up in your own mind that you just refuse to enjoy fellowship. You just bolt out. And it'll be easy for you to be snatched out of the church. See, this covenant is a covenant of extreme focus. It's not casual. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Acts 20, 24, that's Matthew 6, 33. Acts 20, 24, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy in the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. None of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself. Take no thought for your life what you shall eat, what you shall drink, 
nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Matthew 6, 25 and 26. Who by worrying could add a single hour to his life? Matthew 6, 27. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. The verse before, Matthew 6, 24. That's how it works. It's a covenant of an extreme focus. I have set the Lord always before me. You hear that? That's, that's, that's Psalm chapter 16, verse eight. I have set the Lord always before me because he's at my right hand, I shall not be moved. But what does it start with? It doesn't start off with, I shall not be moved. I have made the Lord a priori priority over even myself. I have set the Lord before me. Do you do that? Do I do that? My food, Jesus said this, John chapter four, verse 34. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Tom, I can't do that. I have a life to lead. No, no, no. You gave that up. I thought you were a living sacrifice. What if God tells me to quit my job? He'll never tell you to quit your job except to prosper you. A lot of people, oh, I've got plenty of money. I don't need to tithe. Well, yeah, you've got a million dollars in the bank, but God wanted you to have a billion dollars in the bank. So you could fund world missions. But instead of being obedient, you're the Lord. And all of this can have, when you decide to ignore the correction of God, it can have dire results. As I read to you out of, out of Hebrews chapter 6, verses 4 through 6, this is the end times falling away. We right now are in the beginnings of sorrows. There's going to be a mammoth revival in America. That's how we will respond. I was listening to Mario Murillo preach the other night at CTN, in the CTN studio. I was there with a few other preachers watching him and Hope and their wives and stuff watching him preach live in the CTN studio in Fort Myers. And he was just saying this, which is why I really appreciate him, is I don't have time for the lukewarm Christian. I don't, I don't have time for people who have heard it over and over again. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. I don't have the ones who want to deceive themselves and merely listen to the word and never do it. The revival will be people like you and I who are hardcore and those that we win. Not resurrecting, re resurrecting a lukewarm church. They don't want resurrection power. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after that I may apprehend that for which I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. See, that's how we need to live. That's all Philippians 3, 10 through 12. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. 
the righteousness which is from God by faith. That's the preceding verses, Philippians 3, 8, and 9. They don't want to be resurrected. They don't want to count everything as lost. When I said that we were keeping this church open, 30 to 40% left because I lack compassion. I don't look so stupid now, do I? And then in the midst of, and you don't look so stupid either because there's lots of people in here who said, you know what, go pound sand, spin your masks, your needles, your lockdown sideways and shove them up Anthony Fauci's caboose. 1201, I'll head to the end with this. So Tom, you've given all this. This uh, Tom, it seems like you've been ending your messages a lot this way. That's right. Now what do I do? You told me all this, what do I do? Are you sure you want to know? Yes. Most people won't do it. You sure? Yes. All right, I'm going to tell you. What did Paul say right after God said, right after Jesus said to him, it is hard for you to kick against the goats. Paul said, so he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? All right, so let's look. I'm skipping ahead because I want to get to this. What do I do? Let's say that out loud. Ready? What do I do? You got to go take down the high places. Nobody else does it. You got to go take down the high places. It's not comfortable. First, you have to acknowledge they exist. Numbers 33:55. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants from the land from before you, then it shall be that those whom you let remain shall be irritants in your eyes and thorns in your sides, and they shall harass you in the land where you dwell. You wonder where thorn in the flesh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 came from? Right there, Numbers 33:55. You've got to take down the high places. I'm going to be done in between seven and ten minutes. Everybody good? Hang in there. If your butt hurts, listen, my butt hurts all the time when I'm sitting in chairs because I got 200 crushing pounds smashing down upon my gluteus maximus, which I don't have a whole lot of butt anyway, so it's like pushing down on my butt bones. Just scoot up, adjust, and scoot side to side. So, believe me, I know. The cushion only lasts for me for about 12 minutes, and I've already worked my way all the way down to the metal. So relieve, come back down. Relieve, come back down and pay attention. So full service church, full service. Will you go to the high places? A lot of people are ignoring me now because you've already shut this off because you know what's coming is gonna hurt you. If you don't know what your high places are and you have an honest spouse who doesn't bootlick you and butt kiss you all the time, you know, if you're a wife and your husband's not afraid of you because if he says one wrong word, he becomes a monk for the next six months. <laughs> which, by the way, means, woman, you're strong-held, manipulating shrew, you're welcome. I pick on men all the time. I might as well hit the ladies too. <laughs> Will you go to the high places? 2 Kings 14, 3 and 4. 
This is Amaziah, king of Judah. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. They stood in the midst of COVID. They were the, they were the book of Ephesus. I mean, the, the church at Ephesus in the book of Revelation 2 and 3. They hated evil, but had lost their first love. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord, yet not like his father David. He did everything as his father Joash had done. He didn't follow the man after God's. He followed his dad, who was more religious. However, the high place, he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, though. May have been like that couple who walked out. They do what's right in the sight of the Lord, but refuse to tear down their Calvinist high places. Because they can't, I, I can't be a good Baptist. Be a good Christian. Be a good follower of Jesus instead of a good Baptist or a good Republican. However, the high places were not taken down. He did what was right. However, the high places, oh, by the way, I'm in 2 Kings 14, 3 and 4. However, the high places were not taken away and the people still sacrificed and burned incense in the high places. So the demons were allowed to stay. 2 Kings 12, 2 and 3. Jehoash, this is his dad, did what was right in the sight of the Lord all the days in which Jehida the priest instructed him. But the high places were not taken away. The people still sacrificed and burned incense in the, in the high places. Grandson, Jotham, 2 Kings 15, 34 and 35. And he did what was right. What a great family lineage. He did what was right. Do you realize that the son, the son was actually stricken with leprosy by the Lord? Amaziah? Joash's son was stricken with leprosy because he left the high place. You can't say that in the modern church. Bull crap. I just said it. That's Yahweh. He doesn't like it when his people worship idols. Seven out of eight out of the ten commandments are do nots. He doesn't like it. What's the first one? You shall have no other God before me. And how is that applicable to the modern church? You should not be God. You don't decide your career. You don't fill your calendar. He does. And if all of us were that way, revival would be out of control instead of us trying to fill these purple seats. If every person this week, if God was first, we could not contain the growth of this church. We'd have, to have, we'd have to have three services by the end of the year. If every person in this room put God first and tore down the high places. Jotham, and he did what was right, 2 Kings 15, 34 and 35. In the sight of the Lord, he did, he did according to all that his father Uzziah, which is another name for Joash, had done. However, the high places were not removed. The people still sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. He built the upper gate of the house of the Lord, but he built the upper gate of the house of the Lord. He did great things, but still left up the high places. But then, and with closing, then you have Josiah. 2 Kings 22.2. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in all the ways of his father David. He did not turn aside to the right hand 
Here comes the girlfriend. Here comes the job. Here comes the manipulative spouse. He did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. Then Hilkiah the priest said to Shaphan the scribe, I, I'm in 2 Kings 22, 8 and 10. Then Hilkiah the priest said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book. This is the beginning of Josiah's reign as king. They didn't have a Bible. They didn't even know there was a Bible. That sounds familiar. Why would you ever put a mask on your face when you're told to bind and loose? You have to use wisdom. That's not a Bible verse. Take that, shove it sideways, and put it up your own caboose. They didn't even know. So how did Josiah launch? Here it is. Then Hilkiah the priest said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan and he read it. And then Shaphan the scribe showed the king saying, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. He didn't call it the book of the law. He didn't call it the Bible. He didn't call it the Torah, which is what it was. And Shaphan read it before Josiah the king. 2 Kings 23, 3, 3 through 25, but I won't read them all. Then the king stood by a pillar and made a covenant before God to follow the Lord and keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul to perform the works of the covenant that were written in this book. And all the people took a stand for the covenant. And the king commanded Hilkiah the priest, the priests of the second order, the doorkeepers, to bring out of the temple of the Lord all the articles that were made from Baal, from Ezra. They were in the temple. And for all the hosts of heaven, and burned them outside of Jerusalem in the fields of Kidron, and carried the ashes to Bethel. Then he removed the idolatrous priests, whom the kings of Judah had ordained to burn incense in the high places, in the cities of Judah, and in the places all around Jerusalem, and those who burned incense to Baal, to the sun, to the moon, to the constellations, and to all the hosts of heaven. And he brought out the wooden image from the house of the Lord to the brook Kidron, outside of Jerusalem, burned it at the brook Kidron, and ground it to ashes, and threw the ashes on the graves of the common people. It's a serious focus. I could go on, but I'm gonna finish by making it life applicable. What about your moods? See how quiet it got? What about your weirdness? God has already told you step one. What is your step one? You already know it, don't you? Here, you already know it. But you've refused to take it for 20 years. But you merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. What about shyness? You know what shyness is? What's shyness? It's pride. You're, you, don't, you, you crawl into a ball. You ball yourself up because you're afraid of people. Why are you afraid of people? Pride. What will they think? They'll think less of me. Just be like me and don't care. Seriously, why do you care? Do you burn incense to them? Do you, need, do you need Josiah to come to your temple and tear down your Ezra poles to human beings? I'm an introvert. Who told you? Who cast that spell upon you? I know not everybody's a yeller or extremer or a mass communicator. I'm talking about those of you who have made yourself useless because you have labeled yourself an introvert. You're not any of those things. 
You're a high priest of God in the Levitical order. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priest and a holy nation, not an introvert. Have you cast down the high places of your very ability to be offended? Have you cast down the high places of busyness? Oh, I don't have time to study the word. Bull steaming pile of crap. <laughs> have you torn down the high places of the past? Have you torn down the high places of unforgiveness? Not just towards others, but towards yourself. All the days of the afflicted are evil. It's no, it's no great thing that you walk around, I have a horrible past, I feel bad about it. You consider that to be an attribute, it's hell-bound detriment. You don't have the right to dwell in a past that God's erased. You're dwelling in insanity. You're obsessive-compulsive. You're deeming things that are no longer there to be there. It's not, it's not an attribute. Speaking of compulsive behavior, you stop doing that, I'll close with this. You're the, I'm a very busy person, you know, I work really hard. And you know what? The, what does the Bible say about work? Do not overwork to be rich because of your understanding. Cease, will you set your eyes on that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away like an eagle toward heaven. Do not eat the bread of a miser nor desire his delicacies. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Nobody ever reads the verses prior to it. The morsel you have eaten, you will vomit up and waste your pleasant words. Do not speak in the hearing of a fool, for you will despise the wisdom of your words. 23, 8 and 9. Everyone, for as you think so, his heart so is he. It's way different than what everybody thinks that it is. There's commands in front of it. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. That's all anybody ever quotes. They never quote 103.11. They only quote 103.12. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him, is the verse before. Nobody quotes the Bible. If you abide in me and, you, and his words abide in you, you shall ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. What's the verse before? If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Whoops, Calvinist. Remain. That's not the only places in the Bible either. Try Colossians 1, 21 through 23. Spend all day on that. So will you release yourself out of your compulsive behavior? Some of you have to have the cans all pointing in the right direction. The towel's folded perfectly. Your diet has to be perfect. You gotta have the right amount of kelp and the right, the right amount of seaweed and you gotta have the right amount of vitamin this and vitamin that. I live on Snickers and I'm healthier than you. When I came home for that Mario Morello event, I stopped at 7-Eleven I got a 44-ounce Slurpee, a Slim Jim, Snickers, and Cheez-Its. And you're sick all the time on your kiwi kelp diet. And all you are is compulsive. Last one. Will you learn to not be compulsive with your mouth? 
You know, go to a Bible study and say nothing. You ever tried it? Worship team, make your way. You ever tried it? You know, I, many of you have heard me say this. When I'm sitting in a room with Rodney Howard Brown and say Paula White, Jonathan Shuttlesworth, whatever, and I don't care what anybody thinks about any of them. Because God knows what God knows and that's all that matters. Now this person failed in this way. Yeah, well, why don't we, why don't we, why don't we re- rewind your life? Shall we? Shall we? Let's. I'm sitting in there, Rodney Howard Brown, who has won just shy of 40 million people to the Lord. He went to a church in Fort Myers that sits 300 and there's 800 in the room. How does that even happen? So you know when he's talking, do you know what I say? Nothing. Try it. And all that happens to me is I get promoted by saying nothing. I'm not trusting. I'm not trusting in chariots and horses, my mouth. Trusting in the Spirit of God. And like, but Tom, you are a loudmouth. I am, but I know when to shut up. How about you? Not everybody needs your correction. They really don't need it. I had a woman that came up to me one time because I said, what's that, what's, how's it go? Uh, oh, I forgot the term now, what it was. Oh, crud, I just forgot it out of my mind. But it was a great, she comes up to me afterwards out of a, from a service and corrupts, corrects my grammar. Oh, all, all intents and purposes. Because I said all, back in the day, intensive purposes, like everybody starts off saying until you discover that it's intents and purposes. Hey, Pastor Tom, I just wanted to tell you something. Shut up, devil. Just shut up. What kind of ministry do you ever, she's never had a ministry. She still doesn't have a ministry. And she's 80. Never wins anybody. This floats around correcting grammar. I just wanted to tell you, Pastor Tom, that it's not intensive purposes. It's intense and purposes. Oh, well, praise God, the Holy Spirit just fell. You're an idiot. Stop being an idiot. Go to the high places. Tear down the Ezra poles. Tear down the incense burning to Baal. Do it. And you already know what your intents and purposes thing is. Don't you? I do. I'm not immune from what I'm preaching today. You don't think what I'm preaching is hurting me? When, I'll finish with this. When I was prepping this message, God goes, you know you have high places, right? I went, I, I know. And I know what they are. But I'm climbing up the mountain to take them down. You? Look, look, wait a minute. How about you over here? How about you? How about you? How about you? Amen. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.